Worlds of Order episode 119. I am your host Ed Moore and beware there will be spoilers. For those of you that aren't aware, Lords of Order is a DC Dr. Fate fan podcast. If you need to contact me, you can tweet me at Teal Productions. That's T-E-A-L Productions. Lords of Order has a Facebook page. The, web, uh, the email address, the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com and bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website where episodes are posted. You can leave comments there. Now we're looking at today, or I'm looking at today and you're hearing today, I don't know. Justice League of America, the 1960 volume, issue 30, cover dated September 1964. The story is entitled The Most Dangerous Earth of All, was scripted for us by Gardner Fox, penciled by Mike Sikowski, inked by Bernard Sachs, colored by someone, and lettered by Milt Snappen. Now, for those of you that aren't aware, reprints of this issue can be found in many, many places. This is probably one of the easier books to find that I have looked at in a while. Justice League of America Archives, number four from 1998. Crisis on Multiple Earths, number one from 2002. Showcase presents Justice League of America, number two from 2007. The Justice League of America Omnibus from 2014. Justice Society of America, a celebration of 75 years from 2015. Justice League of America, the Silver Age, number three from 2017. Justice League of America, a celebration of 60 years from 2020. Justice League of America, the Silver Age Omnibus, number one from 2020. And Crisis on Multiple Earths, number one, crossing over from April 2021. So, wow. If you don't have the original book, there are many places to find it. Now, this is the second part and the culmination of the Justice League, Justice Society crossover that started in the previous issue, Justice League 29. I talked about it in episode 118. Now we have the front cover. We are told featuring 15 superstars in the most stupendous battle royal of all time, the most dangerous earth of all. Story title. And we have three of our heroes, uh, three of our analogous pairs fighting off. Uh, Green Lantern Power Ring, Batman Owlman, and Johnny Quick and the Flash. Johnny Quick's got a really weird-looking helmet on his head, I've noticed. It, it looks like he has a red helmet on top of his, uh, like, cowl kind of thing. It's really weirdly drawn. Now, the first page of, of color material. Uh, across the top, we have our Justice League members, Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, Green Lantern, Batman. Along the left column, we have our Justice Society members, Dr. Fate, Black Canary, Hawkman, Dr. Midnight, and Starman. And along the right column, the Crime Syndicate of America, Johnny Quick, Superwoman, Ultraman, Power Ring, and Owlman. And in the middle, our narrator tells us, and... Bear with me, folks. This is an overview of last issue. Just as the superheroes of the Justice League of America exist on Earth-1, and as the superheroic Justice Society of America lives on Earth-2, there is a super-villainous crime syndicate on Earth-3. 
3. These supervillains, who dominate their Earth because they're the only super beings on it, find their fighting edge dulled from lack of effective competition. When Ultraman develops a new power by exposure to green kryptonite, he discovers Earth-1 and the Justice League. Entering Earth-1, the crime syndicate does battle with the Justice League and is on the verge of defeat when, thanks to the trickiness of Owlman, the villains save themselves by vibrating with their foes into Earth-3, where they gain a victory on their home grounds. Seeking a neutral battleground for a showdown battle with the Justice League, the crime syndicate finds Earth-2. To ensure complete neutrality, they decide to oust the Justice Society from their own world. Detecting Ultraman's vision peering into their Earth, the Justice Society, through the magic of Dr. Fate, contacts the Justice League, who discovers what has occurred so far. Continue now the follow-up adventures to the story outlined above, The Most Dangerous Earth of All. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I laughed like that, it just seemed appropriate. Alright, so we have several panels uh, kind of detailing what we just read. And then the final uh, panel on this first story page. As the crystal ball clears and the Justice League returned to its inactive status because the magic of Dr. Fate wore off and so they were refrozen in their captured state. We have a series of, of pictures here. The Hawkman is looking at a globe. Black Canary is watching a news uh, screen on the wall. Dr. Midnight is looking at a flat map on a table. Dr. Fate is peering into his scrying ball, and Starman is looking at a wall map. Now, it's it's kind of important. I mean, it's not overly important, but it's, it's important that you know that each of these places is where these heroes are because the crime syndicate comes to Earth 2 via transporting themselves through these different um, uh device for Hawkman, Johnny Quick appears coming from out of the globe. For Black Canary, Superwoman from the view screen. For Dr. Fate, Power Ring from his scrying sphere. For Starman, from the table appears Owlman. And from the wall map for Starman appears Ultraman. Now, um, Hawkman... Black Canary and Starman give us the rules. Uh, Hawkman, on guard, fellow members, the crime syndicate invasion has begun, Black Canary. At all costs, no contact with them now, Starman. Above all, don't give them the chance to say Volthoom. So, now we know that the Earth-2 heroes are going to fight the crime syndicate of Earth-3 without touching them and without allowing them to say Volthoom. So, not only do we know that from this panel, but in every subsequent battle between pairs, the winning hero, which this first series of fights is going to be the Justice Society, every hero states um, both of those facts, I think. I can't let them touch me, and I can't let them say Volthoom. Every one five different times. So by the end, we understand completely why they won, or so we think. So first off is Hawkman and Johnny Quick, and they fight out in a desert somewhere. Johnny Quick with some um, fast movements, trying to create a downdraft, which Hawkman with his wing counters. Johnny Quick then turns himself into a giant uh, human blade, like a saw blade, which Hawkman just flies and avoids. But Johnny Quick uses his arms to again create a down thrust, which captures Hawkman, sends him plummeting down towards Johnny Quick. But at the last minute, 
Hawkman uses his wings to avoid the direct downdraft and punches Johnny Quick, knocking him out. Hawkman, standing over a unconscious Johnny Quick, says, I've won, but we see in a word bubble or a thought bubble or some kind of bubble, you think you've won, Hawkman. Actually, you've lost. Now, there, it goes to the next hero fight, the next pairing. So we don't see Hawkman's reaction. We don't see if Johnny Quick said that, if it's in Hawkman's brain, if it's whatever. Um, I suspect because of the way the word balloon is, it's almost as if someone is watching and is saying that from some, um, some other place where they're being viewed. Next up, Dr. Fate and Power Ring. Uh, Power Ring tries a hand to grasp Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate magics it away. Power Ring throws some uh, stingered insects at Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate uses a net, and when the insects hit the net, they disappear. Dr. Fate then manifests a giant wheel with the signs of the Zodiac on it. Power Ring dissipates the giant ring, but didn't realize that the Zodiac uh, characters on the far side would come to life, which they do, and attack him, knocking him out. Dr. Fate partially says, ensuring my triumph. Again, this weird bubble that says, on the contrary, Dr. Fate, it has resulted in your defeat. Owlman and Dr. Midnight are next. Midnight black bombs. Owlman has, uh, can see in the dark also because he's Owl man. Uh, come to find out it wasn't just a black bomb. It was a distortion black bomb, which makes anything Owlman sees um, out of sync with where it actually is. It, it like makes it appear, you know, like three feet to the right of where it really is, something like that. So his attack misses Midnight. Midnight uses another bomb to open up a hole in the ground, which these two guys are fighting in the headquarters of the Justice Society. So the hole is a giant hole in the meeting room of the Justice Society, right? Uh, Power Ring and Fate were in the air over what looked like desert, but it could have just been mountainous terrain. And then Johnny Quick and Hawkman appeared fighting over and, and amongst the same type of terrain. So Midnight and Owlman are, are still in the headquarters. With the big hole now, Owlman uses his superior brain to befuddle Dr. Midnight, who doesn't realize that in approaching Owlman, he's approaching the hole he made. Both of them seemingly fall into the hole at the same time. Midnight is able to clutch the side and save himself from falling. Owlman falls to the bottom and knocks himself into unconsciousness. Dr. Midnight says, I beat him. But again, the words, the, the bubble, no, Dr. Midnight, Owlman beat you. And we have a, a, a Trix ad here, the breakfast cereal, you know, Trix are for kids. Not to be confused with Kicks are for Trids, if you've ever heard that joke. Anyways, Superwoman materializing out of the view screen for Black Canary. She uses her lasso to try to tie up Canary, who uses some uh, judo kung fu martial arty to avoid it, but grabs a Phrygia pellet from her canary amulet uh, on her neck. She gets close to Superwoman and throws <laughs> throws the pellet into Superwoman's mouth, who ingests it, and the pellet freezes her vocal cords so she can't speak. And so now because she can't speak, 
Black Canary is able to make contact with Superwoman, which is, of course, what Black Canary does because she's a supreme martial artist. Superwoman is stronger and starts to throw Black Canary around a little bit, but ultimately Black Canary throws her to the ground, uses Superwoman's lasso to tie her up, and says that she has won. Um, I'll tap her three times, just as a wrestling referee would, to signal I'm the winner of our bout, word balloon. Tough break, Black Canary. By winning, you lose. The final uh, duo is Ultraman and Starman who Starman uses his cosmic rod and, and jettisons them out into the, the interspaces of space, uh, deep space, wherever, somewhere in space. And he, Starman attempts to use a swarm of, what did he call them, meteoroids, uh, to direct them at Ultraman, who grabs them and fuses them into one and then hurls this giant meteoroid at Starman, who in turn uses his cosmic rod to, what is it? Alter the nature of the massive meteoroid and sends it flying back at Ultraman. I, yeah, I don't know. But magnetic force, who, who knows? But anyways, so the meteoroid strikes Ultraman and explodes as unto an atomic Bomb. Where did we? Where did I see that? Yes, I've turned it into a nuclear bomb. I know the explosion won't hurt Ultraman, but it may weaken him. So that's the nature that he changed. He changed it into almost, I guess, like antimatter, which strikes Ultraman and it does blow up. Then immediately after, Starman <laughs> reaches into a sun from the sun. So I guess that might be ours. Um, at the same time, the Earth-2 crime fighter draws a solar prominence away from the sun. And so it's like, wow. So he like pulled a stream of ejecta from our sun and directed it at Ultraman. And the first thing I thought was, hmm, I, I wonder if our sun needed that matter for some reason to, to do something or, or rather or whatever, you know? So it's kind of interesting. Um, so Ultraman sucks some of the atmosphere from the Earth. <laughs> okay. And blows that onto the solar prominence, putting it out like a candle. He then directs his heat vision. Is that? Yeah, it says heat vision. Now, this may be the, the same vision that he got from the uh, kryptonite last issue. Uh, you, you can't really tell. That was actual flame then. This just says heat vision a lot like uh, Superman does. So you would assume that it would be like maybe microwaves, something like that. But Using that, he heats up Starman's cosmic rod until he can no longer hold it, and then he grabs it. Ultraman does. But, ha-ha, um, Starman says that he has changed the, the that this is a fake uh, star rod, a cosmic rod. This one is made of antimatter, uh, and it's a duplicate I made. Reaching into the pouch on his hip, he pulls out his actual uh, cosmic rod. But now that Ultraman has this antimatter cosmic rod... It's, it's going to blow up uh, because it's in contact with matter. And so using his powers, which I don't know how, Ultraman is preventing it from blowing up. And the more he does it, the more the force builds up. This uh, being an explosion that probably will be sufficient enough to knock Ultraman out because it's a matter-antimatter reaction. Ultimately, he can no longer contain it. It does explode. It does knock him out. And he thinks, uh, Starman thinks that he has, uh, I've defeated him. And again, another one of these 
word balloon says, Seeing is not believing, Starman. Ultraman has won and you have lost. And then the next page, our narrator tells us, At the very moment of the triumphs, a strange sensation overcomes each of the Justice Society members. And we see them all fading out, each of them thinking or saying something. Next panel, we're on Earth 3, where our five members of the crime syndicate are standing over top, uh, healthy, the five members of the Justice Society who are unhealthy, um, seemingly falling into unconsciousness or, or dazed. And so in reality, the crime syndicate has won. Let's see, do they tell us what they did here? This time I planned matters so that this is Owlman, so that even if the Justice Society members didn't come in contact with us and give us a chance to save all Thum, they'd automatically defeat themselves by saying that they had won. And then Power Ring continues. With my Power Ring, I put a force in each one of our bodies that would trigger their transference into Earth-3. So... Now, the Justice Society and the Justice League are both captive on Earth-3, with the crime syndicate being perfectly healthy and ready to, ready to rumble. So now, the uh, Power Ring snatches up the Justice League after everyone has immobilized the Justice Society and transports the Justice League to Earth-2, where they then follow and are going to defeat them. Now, in quick succession, uh, uh, just a whole massive series of things happen. Rather than helping themselves, the Justice League help other members, and then they start fighting members of the crime syndicate. So, first off, Ultraman attacks Flash, but Green Lantern helps. Power Ring attacks Batman, and Wonder Woman attacks Johnny Quick, but Wonder Woman defeats Owlman, who was going to also attack our Green Lantern, Superman defeats Superwoman, who was going to attack Batman, and Green Lantern, did I already say him? Yeah, he did double duty. Green Lantern uh, helps the Flash again, who is being attacked by Superwoman. So the initial barrage being withstood by the Justice League, we now see the analogous heroes pair off for the final battles. Ultraman and Superman jet into space. Superman tricks Ultraman into uh, alighting atop a giant kryptonite meteoroid, which immediately imbues him with, imbues Ultraman with more power than he can uh, stand, and he passes out. Power Ring and Green Lantern. Green Lantern imbues Power Ring's power ring with green energy from his ring from Green Lantern's, from Hal Jordan's ring, such that Power Ring is not able to wield the constructs that he makes, and Green Lantern knocks him out. Wonder Woman and Superwoman battle each other. Wonder Woman attempts to get Superwoman's lasso, who is onto that, and using her lasso gets Wonder Woman's lasso. Wielding the two lassos proves too much for Superwoman, and Wonder Woman is able to knock her out. The Flash and Johnny Quick, we have the uh, windstorm, positive pressure, negative pressure. Quick is running at the Flash, who is using uh, winds to propel him even faster, so that Johnny Quick runs through the Flash, who vibrates, and not paying attention, runs into a uh, a wall of a mesa or a canyon here that they're at, knocking himself out. 
Owlman and Batman, this is probably the goofiest of the, the battles. Uh, Owlman and Batman are fighting. Owlman using his superior intellect, and he does that by putting his his hand two fingers over his eye like you would to spread someone's eye open further. He, he puts his hand on the side of his head like that, and that means he's using his power. Now, Batman... Um, Owl Man only can control one side of the brain of the person that he's dealing with. So Batman figures this out when he's facing Owl Man and is unable to punch him. So he turns his back so that Owl Man affects the opposite side of the brain and tells Batman to turn around. And when he turns around, Batman flails with the arm on the side of the brain that he's not controlling, Owl Man's not controlling, and knocks Owl Man out. Really? bogus, but okay. So now the crime syndicate is defeated. The JLA has won. The JLA now is trying to decide after, let's see, a Tootsie Pop ad and another letter page and a Cheerios ad starring Rocky and Bullwinkle. I didn't know Rocky and Bullwinkle did Cheerios, but, or maybe I did. Oh, okay. So JLA is trying to figure out what to do with the crime syndicate. Should we put them on Earth 1? Oh, the crime syndicate doesn't like that. Their reaction is fear. Um, should we imprison them on Earth too? Oh, the crime syndicate shows fear. Well, let's isolate them in the vibrational barrier lands between Earths 2 and 3. Oh, and also Earth 1, because it's the same barrier, of course. Well, the crime syndicate likes that, and so they're like, okay, something's going on. So Flash uses his ring to make the magic ring for power ring talk, and we find out that as, as a last-ditch thing, the crime syndicate had set things up so that if the JLA won, well, whatever, but if the Justice Society is freed from their prison, there would be a release of energy that would destroy Earths 1 and 2 in the process. So that's why the crime syndicate didn't want to be on Earth 1 or Earth 2, but the gap in between was just fine. So now knowing that, the Justice League goes and frees the Justice Society, siphoning off the energies of the that would cause the explosion and um, channeling them into space via Green Lantern's power ring, Green Lantern's ring. So the Justice League frees the Justice Society, imprisons the crime syndicate in the spaces between dimensions with a warning sign in every conceivable language that says anyone attempting to set free the crime syndicate will destroy both themselves and their prisoners. They will be all right if left alone, and so will you. Uh, Dr. Fate takes the Justice Society to Earth 2, Green Lantern, the Justice League of America to Earth 1, and our story has ended. Wow. Lots to keep up with. Lots of visual fighting, though, between... Uh, most of it, of course, was between the Justice League and the Crime Syndicate. But between these two issues, we saw three groups of five super beings fighting off amongst themselves. We never saw all three, but we saw several pairings between the Crime Syndicate and either 
the society or the league. Lots of lots of seeing your favorite hero if it was one of the five chosen by the Justice League, of course. Uh, the reason for us is Dr. Fate, who was in it for a little while. Uh, that first issue, he was only in like three or four panels, but it was a very pivotal part of the story. Um, he was the one that allowed the Justice League to tell the Justice Society what was going on. So I, I think that was a pretty big deal. Um, so that's all for this episode. That's all for this meetup of the Justice League and Justice Society. Uh, next issue, according to Mike's Amazing World, that we should look at is the first issue of JLA Incarnations. Now, I believe, if I recall, that this is a multi-issue series, like three or four issues, and it talks about the Justice Society in in different eras. And so the first would be the early, early era of the Justice Society, the World War II foundations and all that. So I, I believe that's what this story is about. I don't know for sure as I haven't read it yet, but after I read it, I'll be more than happy to tell you about it and give you my thoughts. Talk to you guys then. Ciao.